With the Steelers on a bye week, we don't have crossover Thursday, so we're doing something special here. We got interviews with Matt Canada and Najee Harris on today's show and mailbags with your questions that you sent in to me. I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast. We're going to break all of that down and a lot more right here on the show today. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hit the like button on this video if you enjoy it. Hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Lockdown Steelers Podcast your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. You know about Prize Picks? They're daily fantasy made easy. Just pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than a Prize Picks projection, you can up to 10 times your money on any entry. First time users get a 100% instant deposit match. Up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. All right, Steelers fans, we talked about the trades all yesterday. If you want to go to those episodes, I got two shorts on each William Jackson third and the Chase Claypool trade. And I did a whole episode with Alan Saunders from SteelersNow.com about that. If you want more analysis on that, we'll get back to that later with Friday with Jenna. But I, I had a whole thing schemed up. If the Steelers didn't make any moves, I was going to talk to you guys about Matt Canada because we got a chance to talk to him. I had some, We had some interesting responses to some questions we had asked. Also, I also got a one-on-one with Najee Harris, which was actually pretty interesting to talk about the offense as a whole. So talking with those guys, we'll get to those in just in a second. But um, as, as you may or may not have saw on Wednesday, Mike Tomlin spoke to Pittsburgh reporters and said that, Mike, uh, that there's no plan to – Uh, remove Matt Canada at this point in time or no plan to fire anybody at this time and the Steeler and that's that's him saying that and he did say significant changes or the Steelers are open to significant changes on offense what those mean we don't know Uh, it might it might mean you know switching around quarterbacks it might mean you know maybe there are some changes in who actually calls the plays but Matt Canada remains as the offensive coordinators we'll see but the point is Matt Canada ain't going nowhere and I told you he probably wasn't going nowhere now that being said, we I, I think we can all agree if you're a, if you're a rational Steelers fan thinking this isn't the season that the Steelers are going all out. This isn't win now mode. This is rebuild, focus on the future, see what you have to do, um, you know, to, to build forward. And a big part, part of building that future is Kenny Pickett's development. And there's a lot of people out there wondering how is he developing? Well, I, I wanted to ask about Matt Canada about Kenny Pickett's expectations and what the challenges are for him right now as he's, you know, every week. And I, I talked, I've talked about this before they drafted him. I've talked about this with how they, how all rookies handle the NFL. You're, he's not just working on his game every week. He's dealing with a new game plan for a new defense and how to fight them while he's still learning the Steelers offense, while he's also still learning how to play at this pace in the NFL. It's a completely different game. I actually had a really nice one-on-one conversation with Frank Zignetti, uh, the pit, the pit offensive coordinator for the Panthers right now at the, at the college level. And he, and he was taught, we were talking about the same thing. It's like this, that game is so much faster at the NFL and what it takes to process. So I wanted to get Canada's thoughts on, Kenny Pickett and what he's doing to progress forward and how the Steelers are planning to help him with that. Here's Matt Canada for a bit talking on Tuesday about that very point. Is there a struggle to, you know, that, that he has to overcome as far as balancing week-to-week you know, assignments to get used to a defense versus figuring himself out and how he plays in the NFL, adjusting to this speed? 
I'd have to speak to you know you have to speak to him. I don't. I mean, I think all those things for guys who play quarterback in the league talk about the curve and figuring it out. You know, you go from one level to the next, and I think Kenny's doing a great job with that. He's made some tremendous plays throughout. You know, these four games he's he's started, and um, you know we just gotta keep pushing him and keep getting him right, and, and keep getting everybody else around him better. We all gotta be better. So obviously, Kenny, you get all the credit and all the blame at quarterback. We understand that, but he's. He just has to keep getting better day at a time. Is there a longer-term having a rookie? I mean, you've talked about this in the past, but having a rookie quarterback in terms of a veteran, in terms of helping him develop in the way you guys are doing things or crafting things, in terms of he can be better quarterback next year, five years on the road. Oh, I, mean, I think right now we're just trying to win. I mean, I think obviously there's, there's, we're not going to do anything to hurt his future or anybody else's future. We're pretty, you know, we're, we're all working for that and planning on that you know being a great time but wanting to be great right now so no there's nothing that way I mean I think we're certainly to the prior question about mistakes like we're keeping things fairly simple so we get things right so we certainly shouldn't be having mistakes if we're keeping it that simple right I think that's that's the that's the issue probably where you look at and say why are we doing this why not more da 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 well we can't we can't make mistakes we can't build more until we get the mistakes going if that makes sense so then it's you know kind of a, a circle you keep running around. So we're going to get that done. I think there's been a real point of emphasis. I think the players have, have taken hold of it and understand that, you know, there's no, we can't continue to do this, and they don't want to do it anymore. And I, I, I believe it every week, but I believe it again. I think we're going to finally, you know, get that stuff figured out and start playing well and start winning some games. So a lot was said there from Matt Canada, right? And he was talking about with Kenny Pickett and they're trying to support him and they and they're about they are about winning now, but there's no doubt that they're trying to develop Kenny Pickett and they want to give him every chance to keep growing this year. Uh, but I think it's really interesting when you when you listen to the part uh where he's talking about the offense and how you know they're you know how they're how they're working forward right now and what they're what they're trying to do and how it's like listen we can't get the simple things done if you remember in my my post game analysis where i was talking about the all 22 and kenny pickett missing some reads there that the this is where i think he's talking about and not just him it's not just about kenny pickett because there's missed blocks and i've talked about chukuma core for dan moore jr mason cole well what am i naming offensive linemen all the guys have missed blocks uh but you know there's plays where Najee Harris messes up there's plays where Deontay Johnson drops a pet everybody's making mistakes and some of them there's sometimes where it's like you know George Pickens coming down with a tough pass down the sideline that's different that's not a fundamental problem to the offensive plan but when procedural penalties are happening when pre-snap penalties are happening when you know when when Kenny Pickett's missing the open guy when someone's missing when Najee Harris misses an open hole when someone misses a very routine block that would have created the hole for Najee Harris to hit and, and get a big game those type of things have prevented the Steelers offense from building out. I think that's where Matt Kennedy is like, we can't get to the complex stuff because we can't do the simple things right now. And this again goes back to where I think the biggest problem is the play calling right now. It's the work behind the scenes to get these guys up to snuff. Now, it's also just very possible the Steelers offense just doesn't have the talent. Uh, you know, I know that they don't want to deny that. I know that they deny that as players because they can, They have to deny it. They have to believe in themselves. But it all just could be like, this isn't good enough of a group to put together too complex of an offense when people are saying what Matt Canada is calling is very mm -hmm. simplistic. You know, I'm not saying that it's very complex, but it's creating open, open options against defenses. And anyone that's watching the all 22 right now is saying, Oh yeah, those guys are open. Uh, and as I've, as much as I've said on my Twitter account at Carter critiques and others have shared publicly uh, again, I can't show all 22 in this account due to our rules, but uh, all, all things being said, 
I, I think that part of the problem that, that, that their Steelers offense is facing is that they're not doing the basics right now. And that comes down to execution. And as much as coaches can tell you, hey, don't jump off sides or don't line up in the wrong spot here, you have to be able to uh, – these these guys have to be able to deliver. But I also wanted to get a player's perspective on this because I was – and I got a chance to catch up with Najee Harris in a one-on-one conversation. I wanted to ask him about the offensive identity and how, you know what, you know we're talking about guys needing to step up and set a tone. It's different on an offense where there's no, you know, there's no Cam Hayward. There's no TJ Watt. There's no guy that's been on this offense for six, seven, eight years, however many years, and is a star player who everyone can rally around. I think that's what they were hoping with David DeCastro until he got hurt, and they've been just kind of devoid of that talent. That's what Ben Roethlisberger kind of was for the offense last year. There's no guy on the offense for that right now. Everyone's trying to figure it out themselves. So when I asked Najee Harris, these, this was his response to that and questions about him, Kenny Pickett, Pat Frymouth, and those guys who are looking to step up in those roles. You guys are looking forward still to trying to establish an offense identity, but you guys have a lot of playmakers. What have you guys kind of taken on your own steps to say, hey, this is who we're going to be in the second half of the season? Man, so what we did right now is we just really did a reflection thing uh, on ourselves. You know, we, we had a good talk with, with Mike T. And, you know, I mean, we're talking about the stuff that we could do for better as an organization within the team to um, to fix the outcome of stuff. Um, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not a lot of stuff I want to say on camera about it, but, you know, I mean, we talked about it. You know, you're, you mm-hmm. and Pat are your players. Kenny's a first-year player. How does it, you know, have it kind of having to be the tone setters without, you know, like maybe a six, seven, eight-year vet who can kind of be like, hey, guys. Yeah, exactly. Up. I mean, like, you know, you got to do it the best you can because, you know, you can't coach experience. And I mean, like, you know, it takes years to learn some stuff. But, you know, I mean, um, Someone's got to grow fast. Someone's got to learn fast. I'm in a position where I got to learn fast, you know what I mean? Which, you know, I mean, I'm glad that I'm in this position. Um, you know, I mean, it could be in pretty worse ones. But, uh, you know what I mean? Like I said, you just got to learn flat, fast. You know what I mean? You're, uh, you'll get judged prematurely, you know what I mean? But that comes with it. You know what I mean? You got you know, guys like GP right here, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Just, you know I mean? just try to keep everybody's head still in it. You know what I mean? This is a long season, so. So uh, uh, Najee was kind of was going to trail off into another point, um, but you get what he's saying there. He's like, "Look, we know who we are." He's talking about George Pickens. He know we know we have the talent, but we have to grow up fast. And there's challenges to that, and that takes time. And that's what I've been trying to urge people when I'm talking about the, the Steelers' offense. Like, you know, I, I think I think the Steelers' team can be competitive if the defense is healthy because that's its identity. It's like the offense doesn't have to score a whole lot, but the defense has to play at a high level. They haven't been able to without T.J. Watt, you know, and I think that that's when they do, they'll be able to win more games. But the offense is going to take time to come together. I think that there's still a chance this offense, I'm not saying becomes some elite unit, but they can become more reasonable. Like they're averaging, what, 15.2 points per game? That's pathetic. But I don't think that they end with that within the season with that average unless more injuries happen to this team and they get put down, down a further hole. I actually think that they will find each other. And I think that there will be certain guys that do grow up fast. I think that part of what the Steelers have done They've they've went and drafted guys that were, you know, high, high character guys or high, you know, leadership guys. That's who Kenny Pickett is. That's who Najee Harris was, uh, for, you know, for uh, for Alabama. That's who Pat Frymuth is. They went they want to get guys that are going to be able to carry torches moving forward that can say, hey, these were dudes at, at their universities. They were able to be kind of the guys that carry the torches that that, that, that that took on the tough moments and came out on top or at least led other guys to come out on top. And I think that that's where you're going to have to see the Steelers progress with this with this offense. It's going to take time, but I do think there is progress coming for this group. I know that there's a lot of a lot of uh, discouragement and a lot of pain that Steelers fans are going through. But again, 
I think that I just think that, that historically with the Steelers, even before Tomlin, you know, Bill Cowher, his last year, they fin- they started out two and six. They finished eight and eight. Same Mike Tomlin, 2013, started out two and six, finished eight and eight. I'm not saying they definitely will finish nine and eight, eight and nine, anything like that. But I do think you're going to see a surge in the second half of the season. We'll talk more about that with our mailbag questions that are coming up in just a minute where I answer your questions and we play your questions out here on the air on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But first, we got to talk to you guys about BlueNile.com. Blue Nile is what whether you're ready to pop the question or you're just celebrating a milestone moment, you need to find jewelry that's as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping. And that can only be done at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile is it has simple online tools to let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers then handcraft her perfect engagement ring, each ring being one of a kind. Look for fine jewelry, but have but having troubles choosing. Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry at bluenow.com and locked on listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings, so be sure to use that, that promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N, locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace by going to visit bluenow.com today. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We just got done listening to interviews with uh, Matt Canada and Najee Harris talking about the identity of the offense. But I know that y'all got questions out there. So I made sure I told you guys to call in to say, hey, if you got questions, you, you can hit me up um, you know, and, and, and hit up our call line. Um, and I want to apologize because there's a lot of people who have been leaving call line messages in the in, in our in our call line for a while. And it's a it's a Google account, so you don't actually call me. You're calling just a voicemail that kind of mm-hmm. lets me know when you guys leave a voicemail. We've been so busy, or I've been so busy, it's been tough to really focus on that. But if you ever want to call and leave your thoughts, and I get time to do call in segments, you can call 412-223-6644. But we had a lot of calls. I was able to get four out of this that I can fit into this show. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna start with that. Uh, and we're going to start with a really, a really passionate call from a young Steelers fan, Pete from New Jersey, who had a question about Matt Canada. And I think that's a legitimate one that gets some, that starts an interesting conversation. Here's Pete's question. Hey guys. Um, my name's Pete. I'm from New Jersey. I'm 18 years old, huge Steelers fan, been one my whole life. Um, here's my main problem with Matt Canada. And I agree with what you're saying, Chris, you know, I don't think he sits down with these guys and really communicates with them well. That's one issue. My big problem is not necessarily the plays that are being called, but, but more so when they're being called. Um, I remember in the Miami game, it was second and nine, and we ran a toss play with Najee Harris. That hasn't worked once this year. Once. Why would you call it on second down and nine? If they lost like five yards, then it was third and 14. Also, in the Eagles game this past Sunday, I think it was third and goal, and they ran a fade route to the back corner of the end zone with Deontay Johnson that never had a chance of getting open. Kenny Pickett threw it. There was no chance. Why is that play call being ran on third and goal? You know, like, if it was first and goal and they ran that, good. Go go ahead. Second and goal, go ahead. If you're going to go for it on fourth and goal and you ran it on third and goal, good. Go ahead. But on third and goal, when you're not going for it on fourth and goal, why is that the play call? 
why is that the play call that you're running? That's my big issue with Matt Canada. It's when he calls these plays, not necessarily the plays that are being called. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. So I I, I want to shout out my man Pete because Pete came in here with the fire. He he was like he was he, he I felt his Steelers paid when he said, "Why did they call a pitch on second and nine? That hasn't worked once. That killed me. Like I was like I because when they called that play, I was like, oh boy, Matt, that wasn't the one, buddy. <laughs> like see, that's the thing. I don't. I'm not all just with everything Matt Canada does and says. I'm just I think that there's times to criticize him, and that play was one of them. But I will say this, Pete, to your point about when they call plays. I do think that there are some times when timing is, uh, you know, is, is a bit off for, for things. But I also think there's times when uh, when the timing might have actually been there. It's just that the play went the wrong direction. For example, there were two plays where Kenny Pickett, th- you know, threw a kind of a futile pass towards Deontay Johnson on a fade route third, third, you know, towards the end zone third down. There was one play where he did it. Where at first on you know live when I saw it on TV I thought like you like well that wasn't gonna work and unless they were hoping that Deontay Johnson would get some separation but that's James Bradbury he's not gonna get separation there or that's Darius Slay he's not gonna get separation there um you know but then I, I saw the all twenty two and then I saw oh that wasn't the best option there Stephen Sims was actually wide open over the middle and probably would have scored a touchdown if Kenny Pickett saw him so there's 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 that there's there was another play where another one where Deontay Johnson and this I did see live Deontay Johnson was was the target on the play but George Pickens was was also on a fade pattern and I thought he had some good space where Kenny Pickett could throw a touchdown to him just like he threw one uh you know against Miami, the Miami Dolphins to you know to George Pickens and he didn't go after him and so it's those moments where I do agree I think the time there's there's times where I think there's timing of a, of a play call sucks. No play caller is perfect. It's not a, it's not a science as much, you know, as, as sometimes it is kind of an art thing where you fill out what your team is good at. And the thing is the Steelers offense isn't good at anything right now to say that like, that's their identity. And that's kind of what I think Najee Harris was talking about in the first segment. Um, but there are timing issues, certainly. Um, and I think that that's, you know, I don't think that Matt Canada is here for the long term, and that's part of it. But at the same time, I think that, and what Matt Canada's point is, we have to execute the simple things, and the Steelers aren't doing the simple things that are that 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 can that that can find success. But I do think that they can. I do think that Kenny can, you know, take some of the steps forward. I want to. Oh, here's a question from Luke from Bradenton, who kind of talks about Kenny Pickett. Here's Luke from Bradenton, Florida. Hey, this is Luke from Bradenton, Florida. Uh, just give me a call, maybe with the upcoming schedule being a lot easier. Uh, you think Kenny Pickett could? maybe have a resurgence or start to figure it out a little more. Thanks. Thank, thank you, Luke. It's always, it's always cool to, to hear people ask questions uh, here on the show, uh, Lockdown Steelers. But, you know, for one thing, I, I do think that the Steelers do stand a chance to have a better second half of the season. And I talked about that with Alan Saunders. Both of us thought, actually, they're going to probably approach it as long as they stay healthy and as long as, like, nothing crazy happens. I, we can, we both saw them approaching seven, eight, even nine wins maybe this season uh, based on the second half of, the, of, of their schedule. I mean, when you look at the defenses that, that, that are out there, the Steelers have faced the number one defense in the league in the Buffalo Bills, the number four defense in the league in the Philadelphia Eagles, and the number six defense in the league in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
And the Jets, I believe, are – I don't have the numbers here. I have, I'm looking at the actual number. The, the rankings aren't here. So the Jets, I think, are either 11 or 12, and then the Patriots are right below them, and then the Bengals are right below them. So they've played a bunch of teams whose defenses are ranked at the top of the league in scoring defenses. That's a lot to go up against when you're trying to figure out an offensive identity with a rookie quarterback and with an offensive line that's figuring everything out. That's a lot to be going through. So I, I do think that the Steelers could could face because they're going to get some of these opportunities to play some of these, these bad defenses. They have the Falcons coming up and the Saints coming up. Both of those defenses have been terrible. Um, the Browns, they'll get them at home. I think that, that by the time it's, that's the last game of the season, I think that by then the Steelers' offense will be in a better place and they'll be able to face the Browns. And even with the Browns being healthy, they're not a good defense, even though they held the Steelers in check uh, in that first Thursday night football game. But like I said, I didn't like the way that that game was set up because it was Thursday night football coming off uh, a, a tough a tough game on the, the, just four days before. This won't be that case. Um, they've got the Raiders, also one of the worst defense defenses in the NFL. And they've got the Ravens, who've been pretty mediocre on, on, on defense. So, for all, all things being considered, I do think there's a chance for Kenny Pickett to have a, a, a surgeon. And I'm not saying that he's going to become a top five quarterback or even top 10 quarterback, but I think that he's going to put up better numbers. And this offense is going to get closer to, to, to averaging, you know, less, you know, not, not 15 points anymore. Um, you know, cause that right now that's what they're averaging is 15.2, but I could see that or it's 15, 15 flat, excuse me. Um, but I can see uh, the Steelers maybe fi finishing and averaging, you know, somewhere where the, you know, somewhere where the Niners are 22 points, you know, at, at the end of the year, I do think that the offense is going to have some opportunities because there are some bad defenses out there. And I also think that there's some bad offenses that the Steelers defense with TJ Watt back will take advantage of and create more turnovers with, and then that'll lead to some complimentary football on both sides working together. That's the key to the resurgence. That's why I do think that's coming. And to my man, Pete, I think that you're going to see some of those opportunities start to flush out a little bit more as P Kenny Pickett grows. And one thing that I did that that, that, that I've said a, a while, Kenny Pickett, and if you remember what Alan Saunders said on, on this show yesterday, he said pro-ready quarterbacks don't mean that they're ready to win in the pros right away when people say that about a college recruit or a college uh, a college prospect at, at quarterback. Pro-ready just means you're ready to get your butt kicked in the NFL so that you can grow from it and learn from it faster than other people are. That's what pro-ready means. And that's who I've always thought Kenny Pickett is. I didn't think he was going to come in and light up the league immediately, but I did think, I do think, and I still think that Kenny Pickett is the guy who could come in, learn from this, Take it, take it, take it step by step. And then by year two, year three, year four, you're each year, you're seeing progress and he can develop into your franchise quarterback for the next decade plus. That's who Kenny Pickett is. That's who I think he will be. And I do think you see a steady climb this year and improvement from him and the offense as a whole. We got more questions from you that we're going to get to right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. So don't go away. But first, we got to talk to you guys about our friends at bet online now bet online y'all know about them bet online is the number one place source for all your betting stats and sports information find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including the, the, the world series right now that's going that's going on you also have the nba nfl college sports and and nhl all in flux right now go to bet online your continued source for all your sports wagering information you get live betting playoffs esports and more all right there at bet online head to the website today use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action when you visit bet online where the game starts
Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's continue with your questions. We had a mailbag Thursday because of uh, the, the bye week. We get no crossover Thursday episode, so I took some time to take your calls. We had some calls about Mike Tomlin specifically, and I think there were some interesting questions here. I want to start off with my man, Dylan from Zebulon, uh, North Carolina, and he asked an interesting question that I, I often address at some point during the year. But it comes up with the, the latest, one of the things that happened in the Eagles game. And there was a play call where I thought Mike Tomlin should have thrown the challenge flag against the officials when George Pickens came down with the football, landed on the ground. It was in his hands, but then James Bradbury punched it out of his hands right after he landed on the ground. And it was kind of a iffy play. The officials ruled it incomplete. I thought it would have been a catch, but I also know that I'm also like, man, I thought Jesse James was a catch. But Dylan asks a good point. Here's Dylan. Dylan asked some good questions here. Here's Dylan asking about Mike Tomlin and how the Steelers handle their challenges. Hey, Chris. Um, I'm Dylan from Zebulon, North Carolina. I actually kind of have a little bit of a two-part question for you. I wondered if you have any insight to why Mike Tomlin and his team seems to struggle so bad with challenges. It seems like there's always at least one play a year, if not more, where they just seem to miss something that's kind of glaring or they challenge something that's just obvious it's not going to be overturned. And then the second part of that question is, is the team upstairs that is helping them, are, are they not allowed to watch the live TV feed? Because with, you know, rules analysts and all this stuff being on TV, could they not just listen to what a former referee saying in real time that he thinks it could be overturned and then tell them to challenge it? just has always been frustrating because it seems to be the one thing that's followed him through his career as a head coach and an otherwise great career. Anyways, Chris, keep up the good work. Love the show. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Dylan, for your question. I want to, I, I want to pose this because I, 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 I want, I want to, I want to, First, acknowledge that I do agree. I thought that was a mistake, but I want to remind people that the Steelers do have a system. They do have people in the booth that are talking to Mike Tomlin. But first, I want to help get, put, take you guys behind the scenes a little bit with the TVs that are there are TVs up in the booth. I'm not sure what the coaches' booth and what their situation is, but I don't believe they have the sound on because they're too busy, you know, relaying information, and the TV would kind of mess things up. But also, the TV broadcast is like well behind what we're seeing on the field. And oftentimes the Steelers are coming out of a huddle or doing something when the play is starting to happen on television. So that lag, that, that feed, that's just natural. That's just how TV works. You know, like the nothing, nothing, very few things are instantaneous. Um, but uh, when, when, you know, with coming from those live feeds and, and, and taking that, if you're thinking that they're going to be hearing the NFL rules person on CBS talking about it, usually by the time that person's talking, the plays done, you know, done, you know, the next play is, is, is gearing up and they don't have time to, to, to relay that, but they do have their eyes in, in the skies and they do have people that, that challenge things. And I do think that that was a time that they, they missed it. And I know there's a lot of people out there that also say that Mike Tomlin and the Steelers are terrible at challenges. And I actually always counter this because they're actually not as bad as people make them out to be. The Steelers in, in, under Mike Tomlin are 36 of 86, uh, you know, on, on challenges. That's a record that's better than Bill Belichick at challenges. And when you when you compare the numbers, it's slightly below Pete Carroll. It's better than Sean McVay. It's uh, slightly below John Harbaugh. The only I think there's two guys that have that, that have been in the NFL a while: uh, Mike McCarthy and um, Andy Reid. They have 
uh, significantly better challenge records. There's are like closer to 50%. Mike Tomlin's like a little above 40% on his challenges. But something that I always point out, and I'm going to bring up the numbers here on YouTube so that you guys can see it, um, see the, the, the actual image here. So you can see year by year. So this is a year by year breakdown. I had to cut off the year so it would actually fit in here. But you see, like the if you're watching on YouTube, you see every year the Steelers are winning multiple challenges, multiple challenges. And then there's just these two years they go 04 and 05 on challenges. And and they they had they finally won three challenges the next year, two challenges the next year, and then they've gone over in the next in the last year, and they're they're over two last year and they're over two right now this year. I want to ask you, what do you think changed to make them go 04 and 05 in 2017? And that's when that change started. It's when Al Riveron took over. And Dale Lolly, a former colleague of mine, we used to work at DK Pittsburgh Sports. He works at Steelers.com now. But he pointed this out to me. He's like, when Al Riveron took over, the Steelers' challenges just meant nothing. Because there were times when that would have been, like certain calls would have been good challenges, and they just weren't anymore because Al Riveron just didn't favor the Steelers in anything. And if you're trying to remember who Al Riveron is, if you don't remember that name, that's the guy who used to say, hi, I'm Al Riveron, whenever he would come out, come out in public and explain how terrible some of the NFL's review decisions were, including the Jesse James catch against the Patriots in 2017. So part of this is because Al Riveron stunk at his job, and he's gone now, and I think the Steelers might see, see some evening out. But if you go back and you look at those numbers that the Steelers had, before that record, Mike Tomlin was, like, right at 50% with, 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 his, with his numbers there. And there were some really – there were some times you're like, whoa, wait a second, he actually had some good numbers. Mike Tomlin, before Al Riveron, would have had a, a, a better – record than Andy Reid, a better record than Mike McCarthy, a better record than John Harbaugh. All the longtime coaches that have been sticking around the NFL or found success or won Super Bowls, he had a better challenge record than any of them. And so oftentimes people talk about the Steelers system. Uh, there's every every team system misses a replay. If you watch around the NFL enough, there's, there's you're, you'll watch things where you're like, you'll watch what a co another coach does and be like, oh, I don't agree with that challenge. And they, and they probably lose that one. Every team makes those mistakes. The thing is that I think what people's been led to believe, and Dylan, I think this is where your question comes from, is that there's been a narrative put out there that the Steelers are worse at it than everyone else, and that Mike Tomlin is so bad at that. And I'm telling you that whoever's feeding you that narrative, they're not telling you the whole truth. Either that, either they're lying to you, or they're misleading you with bad information because they don't look across the NFL, and they don't know how the NFL works. And they're just looking at the Steelers in a vacuum. And saying, "Oh wow, yeah, this this one this one year they were really bad at challenges. Well, that means just means that they must be bad at challenges." No, look at the overall records, look at the time, look at the time records, look at everything else, and you get a better answer there. All right, we have another Mike Tomlin question, but this pertains to the quarterback, my man Nate Glass. Nate Glass is one of the true believers. He's been calling the show almost every week, and I I'm sorry, Nate, that I can't get you on the show because we have so much to cover. But I wanted to make sure you were one of them, and you were my last one on the show. Here's Nate asking a question about how Mike Tomlin has handled the quarterback role. How you doing, Chris? Nathan Glass from California again. Uh, my question is, do you think Mike Tomlin messed up with the quarterback rotation uh, to begin the season? Um, when he put the final rotation out saying that Mitch was going to start, Kenny was number two, and um, Rudolph was number three, I gave you a call and said that I totally disagree with uh, Kenny being number two because – I don't believe in the rookie being number two. I believe you either start the rookie or you sit the rookie. There is no in-between because if Mitch stinks, if Mitch stunk up the joint, 
I don't believe you come back, you follow him with a rookie. I believe you give the veterans a shot. And if veterans don't pan out, you could have started Kenny at the bye week. I, I, you know what? I will say this, and I think that when it comes to when it when it comes to that situation, I did feel like Mike Tomlin may have rushed situations. It's tough for me to gauge what's going on behind the scenes and what they what they're saying, you know, in meetings and what they're doing things. But I felt like Kenny Pickett could have waited until the bye week because, and I was really concerned about how he faced, uh, how how he would face go up against these teams. Like I said, they they went up against two of the best defenses, three of the best defenses in the Bills, the Buccaneers, and the Eagles in his first few starts. And the Jets were also a tough defense, uh, you know, statistically speaking. They're one of the better defenses in the NFL right now. So that's four out of the five teams that Kenny Pickett's played so far. And they were all, you know, some of the better defenses, you know, as far as performance this wise this year and in, in their scoring output. But I will say this. I can't say officially that that Mike Tomlin screwed it up yet until we see how Kenny Pickett develops. Because one thing I noticed when I covered Kenny Pickett at Pitt over the years, when he had bad games, he got better from them. When he had, and not run away, was, but you saw him start to put things together. And when things started to compound against him, he would start compounding them the other way for him. And that would be, that was a big reason why Mike Tomlin, I think, liked him. And he even said, you know, I watched how him and DeMar Hamlin, uh, who's now a safety for, for the Buffalo Bills, um, how those two guys united the team. And DeMar Hamlin was another guy. He didn't come in making all the plays for Pitt's defense. He he grew. He learned. And they, they, they challenged themselves every day. And they got better from it. And that's where I think Kenny Pickett's strength long term is, is that, He's looking at these mistakes. He's taking in the film, and he's frustrated with himself, with others. It's not easy. The guy was the third uh, the third leading Heisman vote-getter last year. He was a superstar in college football. It is not easy, one, to go from, from college to the NFL, but also to process in your mind, like, dang it, I just knew how to play this game. I was killing everybody. No one could hang with me, and now I'm at the bottom of the barrel again. But that's part of the business in the NFL. And I think it's also maybe what the Steelers want Kenny to go through. Maybe they feel that, and maybe this is a managing thing. Maybe they feel that he'll take these moments in. If you if you ever if you saw the clip of Mike Tomlin walking off with Kenny Pickett after the Dolphins lost when he threw two fourth quarter interceptions that crushed them. Mike Tomlin said, head held high. You focus, live, you know, you fight through these moments. You're gonna get better. We're gonna climb. Those type of moments, maybe they want Kenny Pickett to develop from them. It's very possible that that's that's part of the plan here, and maybe they thought that with Mitch Trubisky initially, they'd set up an offensive identity and that that would allow Kenny Pickett to come into an offense that knew who it was and what it was, kind of like how Ben Roethlisberger came into the 2004 Steelers offense. But that obviously wasn't happening, and I think that once they realized, look, this isn't going to take, let's just give the kid a shot and see how he does this year. That was their move. Now, if you want people out there saying Mason Rudolph should start, okay, maybe. But I think everyone knows that Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph aren't the future of the Steelers. They want to see how Kenny Pickett handles this season day to day. And like I said, they have some bad defenses coming up. They have some teams that the Steelers defense can kind of pick on in the, in the next few weeks after the bye. Let's see how Kenny Pickett responds. Let's see how the offense does. And then I'll be able to say, I agree or disagree with it. At the time, I didn't agree with, the, with 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 how it was handled because I felt like they should have waited to the body to get Kenny Pickett past this gauntlet of teams. But who knows? If if, if Steelers fans, you may have been miserable as the Steelers fell to this two and six record. But if someone told you said, "Hey, I'm from the future," and that two and six run where Kenny Pickett was struggling in those games was a big catalyst for his improvement to make him better, not just for the rest of the 2022 season, but to become the next Steelers franchise quarterback. You take those dark days, right? You absolutely would, because then you'd say, hey, I was a fan through those tough moments. I remember those dark days. 
and we came out on the other side. That's what you'd be saying as a Steelers fan. And I, I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen. I'm not saying it's guaranteed, but that might be what the Steelers' plan has been the whole time. Nate, it's a very good question. I agreed in the moment. I, I was like, mm, I think that they should stick with, you know, the, you know I, I think that they should do some, they should protect Kenny a little bit longer and eventually bring Kenny in after the bye week when, he, when they had it. Or, if you know, I think that might have been the move. But they're here now. And they're gonna let they're gonna see how Kenny grows. Let's see how he takes these tough moments and carries them forward. We'll see that as the week goes on. Again, thanks for checking out the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Thanks to everyone who called in for, for mailbag. Sorry if we couldn't get your question on. We had a lot of them, and I wanted to get our Najee Harris and Matt Canada interviews on the show today. We hope that you keep calling in and you keep checking out the Lockdown Steelers podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. If you saw this video on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe to our YouTube channel to get all of our daily content as well as our bonus content when we have time for it. Also, uh, if you want to help out the show even further, go on Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars, give us a positive comment with those five stars, and I get you a shout-out at the end of the show. Thanks again to everyone for doing that. I'm back tomorrow with Jenna Harner, wrapping up the week here on Locked On Steelers Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll get you ready for the bye week and what else to look forward to this weekend. <laughs> 